Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Looking Up program. This is a live broadcast coming to you from the Hunter region here in uh, New South Wales. My name is Sharissa, and I'm joined in studio today by the wonderful, as always, Pastor Danny. Good to have you here with us. Good to be back on the radio, and it's exciting to be (laughs) able to share with our listeners um, the good news that Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. we got lots more to share oh, on this yes, we do. as we continue, so don't go anywhere. And today, uh, Shell is being replaced by the wonderful Peter. So thank you, Peter, for keeping us on air, and it's good to have you here too. And of course, for our listeners, we're so glad that you're tuning in today. We have a 
pan-packed program for us, uh, for you today as well. Uh, we're being joined by a special guest, and we're going to hear a special item from her, I guess you could say. It's mm. one of her songs that'll yes, be uh, lined up for us right after this. But Pamela is joining us again. We've had her here on this program before, mm-hmm. and she's going to be talking to us about her homeschooling journey and sharing, I guess, tips and things that she's doing is that is that am yeah I that's right well look i mean we're getting to the end of the year it's a silly season but even though it's a silly season there are parents that are thinking about next year it's and true. their children for school and especially parents that may have like little ones that are need to begin school and so we thought we'd ask pamela for not only her experience but also maybe a few tips awesome. to some homeschool mums and dads out there that will be listening and um, things that they can consider as they munch over uh, the decision over Christmas. <laughs> Sounds good. And in addition to that, of course, we're looking at current events. Yes, and, we are. There's uh, a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So lots to stay here for. And a reminder too that every episode that we have of the Looking Up program on the Faith FM radio channel station, it's all uploaded to the website or to the app as a podcast. So if you haven't already got the app, the Faith FM app, download it, or you can go to the website, faithfm.com.au, and you can there browse all all the programs, not just looking up, but any program that goes to air on this channel. And uh, you can, you know, listen to last past episodes there as podcasts. So we'd encourage you to do that because sometimes the radio towers don't have great coverage. Mm, correct. <laughs> and uh, if you're a regular, you know exactly what I'm talking about if you drive. And everyone's online. As long as, as, long right. as you're not with Floptus, everything's <laughs> going well. But That's they're right. going all right now. You, they're going all right. That's right. you got a pretty good chance. <laughs> as long as we're connected with Jesus, that's all that matters. That's the most important connection <laughs> point. And uh, also a reminder that since this is a live broadcast, we would love to hear from you. Mm, so if you amen. have a comment, maybe you have a new story you'd like to contribute or question, anything, we'd love to have a text from you. Please text us on our studio number 0488-817-624. Right now, we're going to listen to Pamela Jovanovic. Thank you. <laughs> Jovanovic. And she's going to bring to us a song entitled Walk with God.
Amen, indeed. Walk with God today. Wow, what that's, a tune. What a that's tune. That's an appeal for all of us oh, right amen, there. Amen. Well, you're listening to the Looking Up program. That's the familiar voices of Pastor Danny and myself, Sharissa, that you hear right now. And we want to let you know that you're in for a treat today. Mm. There will be, I believe, a free offer that we'll talk about a little bit later in the program, perhaps. So just stay tuned. Again, the number, if you'd like to call, no, you can't call us. <laughs> I take that back. If you want to text us, because we haven't got enough personnel to handle all the calls, because of course the we would be inundated. And of calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a texting system. But zero four eight 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 one seven six two four is the number to text us on. And now I'll hand over to you, Pastor Danny, to introduce our very special oh, guest. This is a very special guest, and um, this is my good friend Pamela. And um, we want to welcome you to the Looking Up Show this afternoon, Pamela. Are you out there, my friend? I am. Yay. Oh, fantastic. How did you enjoy that song, Pamela? Wasn't that just an amazing song? Like the it best and ever. It comes, yes, it was. It came from the heart. Oh, you wrote it. Yeah, 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 Pamela's. And by the way, um, we can give a quick plug. Pamela, do you want to just, before we get started on, on the interview, um, uh, as far as the homeschooling is concerned, um, whereabouts can people find your music? I have a YouTube channel and it's all free. You can just, um, it's a tough one because I do have, a, you know, a European surname. Um, but if you go to Pamela Amanda, if you remember my first name and middle name, it should come up. Okay. Or type in like um, the name of the song, Walk With God, Pamela Walk With God, and that might, that might show up. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's so hard about Jovanovic? I mean, Charissa <laughs> would just love to say that, but she gave me the privilege. I did. Yeah. <laughs> In, for the English speaking, it would translate to Jovanovic. Yeah, Jovanovic. I mean, that's not much. <laughs> well, that, that's not much harder than a Jones or a or a Smith. Yeah, or a... in the moment I just couldn't quite remember the date, but I knew the I sees an itch. Yes, Sharice <laughs> has hung around enough of our people, uh, Pamela. Um, been very blessed. Yeah, she has been. She has been. <laughs> All right, Pamela. Well, hey, um, you joined us the last time. I'm not sure a few weeks ago, and you talked a little bit about your homeschooling journey. Do you want to just um, begin by just briefly recapping? Um, a little bit of your own personal homeschool journey before we get into some tips uh, for potential homeschool mums and dads. Do you want to just share with us how long have you been homeschooling? Um, what brought that about, and how that's gone? Sort of all in a bit of a all in a bit mm-hmm. of a nutshell. Sure. Um, so I've been homeschooling. What did I say? It was three, four years. I, I can't said, remember. I think you said we just before COVID. Just before yeah, COVID. So we, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next year is going to be our fourth um, year and, uh, oh, boy, what was the other question? Uh, well, Sorry, today's yeah, been rough. <laughs> why, why, yeah, why, why did you decide to, you know, oh, delve yeah. into homeschooling, which is, which is a huge, I mean, a huge task. It's not, it's not a very yeah. – it's just massive because it's ongoing. It's, it's all year round. Yes, it is a 24-7. Well, not 24-7, but, yeah, it is a full-time job. Um, you know, to be honest, as I mentioned last time we spoke, I was not the one super keen to homeschool. My boys started, um, at a normal school, a private school. And for those two years that they spent there, they kept asking me if they could homeschool. <laughs> and so I just, I, I wasn't courageous enough, um, to do it. So I kept sort of 
you know, pushing that under the carpet and distracting them. Um, and then I think God was slowly preparing me for it. It was going to happen eventually. And then even, even before, so January of 2020, we started, um, homeschooling and I believe COVID officially hit Brisbane around March that year, if I remember correctly. So, you know, God knew ahead of time what we needed, I guess. So we, we picked the right time to start homeschooling. Well, I guess there are a lot of people that um, have had a taste of homeschooling <laughs> because yeah. of COVID. Um, yeah, there, there'd be very few parents. The whole um, country got a taste. Maybe WA, WA kind of like they isolated themselves <laughs> from not only the rest of Australia, but um, I guess, yeah, the world and uh yeah, there, there was a bit of a taste that and there were some interesting memes that were going around, um, as you probably remember, Pamela, during mm-hmm. that time um, yep. of homeschooling and, and parents got a taste of what it's like and, and, and what's involved. So now your boys just remind us again of their ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sebastian now, since we spoke last time, he, oh no, actually we spoke after his birthday. Yes. Mm. So he's 13 and my younger one is 11. Okay, 13 and 11. Now, yeah. you're heading to the end of this year, so that, you know, 2020, 2021, 2023, the end of four years, um, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do you plan? Last time we talked, you were thinking you weren't sure whether you were going c- to continue with that in the coming year. So wh- where are things at with that? Mm, we are definitely continuing homeschooling next year. Okay. Um, yeah, plans that we had... Mm, you know, we always give them to God. So they didn't line up with God's plans this time, at this time. Um, so we will continue homeschooling. I am actually going to start a distance education where I'm not, um, where I'm not going to be actually putting their curriculum together and doing my own education plan. Mm, so wow. that should just Make it a little bit easier for me. Uh, my older son's starting high school next year. So, you know, I'm just, I'm maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you've, you've completed four years pretty much. Um, so that's a degree. The last time I checked for most, univers- <laughs> most university courses. So you are now well and truly in a position to be able to give advice. <laughs> I remember giving, I remember giving a lot of advice to parents with teenagers before I had teenagers <laughs> while my kids were little. And then it's quite interesting, Sharissa, how the advice, advice dried up. It, not, not changed. It literally dried up when I got teens. Really? I was hardly giving any advice to parents about how to raise teenagers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so you're in a position where you can share a few tips and I'm sure that there are parents out there who may have been contemplating and praying about uh, the the potential of homeschooling. What are some things, have you sort of jotted down a few things, or I guess you don't need to, it's all in your head, of what are some things that parents need to keep in mind as they think about the potential of homeschooling their children? Hmm. You, know, you, you know, this morning I actually had a thought come to me because I've been challenged, like, with continuing homeschooling next year. And the thought was, why am I doing, like, why, why continue? Why is it important? Mm, Yeah, that's the big big question, yeah. Yeah. And I felt like just putting myself in the position, yes, it is extremely hard. Like, it really is. There are days when you, 
you know, feel like throwing them out the window <laughs> um, or yourself. But, uh, you know, it's, there are, there are equally rewarding days mm-hmm. where you can step back and say, Oh my goodness, I get to experience every emotion my child will go through in one day. I get to coach them through those emotions. I, you know, you, there, there's nothing that can catch you by surprise. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure, but, um, just to, put to, to to understand that I am in the position I'm privileged to live in this country actually where you know there are countries where homeschooling is not an option mm. um, and there is no Christian uh, based education in, in schools so I consider it a privilege to be able to provide um, an opportunity for my children to sort of figure themselves out to discover who they are as individuals um, in the safety of their own home, in, you know, at their own pace, you know, that's comfortable for them, um, you know, without pressure from uh, peers telling them or suggesting to them, you know, how they ought to dress or, you know, speak or even think. Um, and all that, sort of accompanied with the foundation that my husband and I have laid in their lives to look at that through a filter of firstly, who does God want me to be? Mm. So they are developing their personalities with that in mind. So I am not just whatever I want to be. God has created me to be something and I need to try and figure out, and I'm there to help them, hopefully, figure out what that is. Mm. And that, I mean, that in itself, like, yes, it is painful sometimes. It really is. And it's overwhelming. I have days when I'm down on my knees, I'm crying. I am literally like, God, I can't do this anymore. Why am I, why do I have such a such a big responsibility. It's not just parenting, you know, for a couple of hours and then they spend six hours in school. Um, it, it's so much more, but I don't know. It's just, I, I, somehow I stopped myself in, in those thoughts and, and I really understand that God's not just growing them. He's growing me in the process. Mm, mm, that's very powerful. And so, so what you're saying is, for, for you, like, like the big question why, it's the development of character, not just for your boys but for yourself. And, um, and so this character development is obviously the, the most important thing because the only thing we take with us to the kingdom of God is character mm-hmm. and character also that's uh, exemplified through, through, through winning other people to Christ, through pointing people to Jesus, and that's all part of character development. Yeah, that's very very powerful. And yeah, and thank you for being so raw and real and honest about it. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's very important that that we are able to share honestly. Um, I mean, the, there's the joys, but then also there, there's the big challenges. What are some other 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 tips that you would like to share with with, with potential yeah. homeschool mums and dads? Yeah, well, I do just want to say that the whole I uh, you know. I'm all about being, you know, open and honest. We really achieve nothing when we, when we wear gloves and 
put masks on. But, um, like, that's, how should I say, it, you want people who are considering homeschooling not to go into it with this illusion that it's going to be wonderful. And maybe when the kids are just starting prep or year one, you know, it'll be more play and it might really be, you know, simpler. I didn't have that experience. I started when my kids were grade three and four, I think, um, if I'm correct. So, um, yeah, you need to be real. You need to be honest. Don't have this preconceived idea that this is going to be amazing. It can be sometimes. There are days, I mean, the freedom of it is great. You know, we'll do our morning worship always every morning before we start school. And then if it's an amazingly hot day, we'll be like, okay, scrap school today. Let's hit the beach and you can do double tomorrow. So that's one of the perks of homeschooling. Um, but you know, then again, there's the days when they're not, they're not just having to, you know, stretch their brains and, and learn something that they are, you know, having difficulties grasping. They're also going to challenge you on so many different levels, um, because they're still figuring out who they are. Right. So, um, that's why I said it's not just developing them, it's really developing me and how I'm going to respond to my child. And in essence, I am the closest image, so to speak, this is so scary, but of God at this stage in their life. So I am either representing him correctly or I'm misrepresenting him with how I treat them. Right. Mm. So Sharissa, I don't know if that. Yeah, no. Look, that, that that's very powerful, and you're talking about it from a spiritual point of view. Now we've only got about a minute left. Sharissa, do you have <laughs> a, a question for for Pamela? Yeah, is there a kind of like a curriculum that you can like apply for to help you in your homeschooling of of the boys? Um, like in what sense? Like a resource that helps you guide their learning. Oh, there's, there's loads of them out there. There are so many, um, uh, like twinkle.com. I personally, um, found a website, uh, that is American and it's, I think it's called www.learningk5learning.com. Mm-hmm. And they do from like reading, comprehension, English, grammar, math, um, a lot of subjects. And I have sourced a lot from them. Um, and then I just, you know, sort of went with my own thing. Okay, this term we're going to do, you know, the table of elements and oh, things like wow. that. Um, we're gonna, yeah. We're so. running out of time, so we might have to continue this in just a moment. But um, Yeah, we want to thank you. That's okay. Sorry for taking up no, my time. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just realized it now. Gentle coming voice I-
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi all, I'm Bees the Chaplain. Join me for Blessings with Bees, where we make faith real. If you want to know more, visit me on my landing page at beesthechaplain.com. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon. Peace out and God bless. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. afternoon everyone this is the looking up program we're still happy that you're here and hope that you stay with us we were talking just before we had the news break to our good friend pamela and uh, pastor danny would you like to uh, check that she's still there <laughs> are you still there in every sense of the word pamela Yes, I am. Yes, yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you haven't run away from the children just yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, hey, yeah. It all, it, on the radio program, things just happen so quickly. Before you know it, that, that, that time flies. That time flies. The only other place where it flies so much is when I'm preaching one of my long sermons. And it's like <laughs> one o'clock and I'm still going. No, no, that's not quite right. It doesn't happen very often, does it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pamela, we just wanted to, um, yeah, just, just wrap things up with you be, be, before we, you know, before we uh, let you go for this afternoon. So you were talking about the importance of, the importance of your character development for not only yourself, but your children through this whole process. And that was the, the big reason why you and your husband um, decided to, to go down this road, which is very challenging, as you, as you well described. You talked about, you talked about uh, the potential um, curriculum, tips and so forth through that website. Did you want to just repeat that website again? We, can't, we kind of caught that at the end. That website, yeah, that, that, that they gave you some, some good positive direction. Yeah, so www.k5, K, like for... Uh. Kitten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say cat. I do homeschool my children. <laughs> um, yeah, k5learning.com. Uh, okay. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, um, are there any, any, any final tips you would like to share? I'm not sure if Sharissa's got anything else that she'd like to ask you, but um, are there any final little tips you would like to sort of share with, with our listeners? In, in, in which kind of direction? Well, as far More as, like the educational yeah, or yes. parenting? Oh, well, look, um, I, think, I think both go hand in hand. Um, in my books, uh, you know, we're, we're continually educating our children for eternity, um, whether it be in a homeschool environment or in whatever environment. So, yeah, just uh, any, any, any thoughts um, that, that parents need to be mindful of? Mm. I think you just concluded it, actually, maybe without even knowing. The fact that we are, whether we are conscious or not, but we are training up our children, you know, for, for a better kingdom. Mm. Um, and in that, whether we educate them for their life here 
or, you know, their life um, in, in heaven, it's that that's what really matters. Amen. Mm, amen. Amen. So, yeah, well, we praise the Lord for that. And by the way, um, Sharissa, you need to go online to the church that Pamela and my sister Lydia attend. Oh, yes. Which is the Pine Rivers. Oh, yes. Venice church because the juniors took the, well, a, a big chunk of their Sabbath service this past week. Wow. My sister well sent done. me the link. And Pamela, um, I heard you talk about your nervousness. Why were you <laughs> nervous? The the kids did such a great job. The songs were in connection with the second coming. Amen. It was, yeah. like, it was like just beautiful hymns in connection with the second coming. So how did all that go? And um, yeah, just as we maybe tie up, there might be some parents out there who are very involved in their children's Sabbath schools or Sunday schools, depending on depending on yeah. uh, what day of the week um, church happens to be for you. Um, how does yeah your homeschooling interconnect with your ministry to the children at church? I'm assuming you're part of the juniors or you may even lead out there yeah. in the juniors? Yes, I am the leader of the juniors. Um, uh, what's the word? Sabbath yeah, Sabbath school, yeah, division. Um, and that's where my boys are. Um, so I'm happy to follow them in every one of their stages of life. Um, yeah, you know, that's why I was nervous. But I didn't need to be. Oh, those kids blew me away. And, and the fact that they had raised their hands, what they wanted to do, like there was a kid that said, I'm good at praying, I'm going to pray. I'm like, praise God. <laughs> Usually kids run away from things like that. So they did amazing. Thank they you. are so good to work with and they're so willing and, oh, God bless their souls. And, you know, I, how do I do it? I don't know. I'm exhausted <laughs> every weekend. But when I see them do things like that, it's all worth it. It really is. Amen. 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 And so, yeah, if folk want to tune in, um, they can watch that um, via the the church's YouTube, I'm assuming, the Pine Rivers. If they go to Pine Rivers SDA Church on YouTube, they'll be able to find the program. It's the latest one. Yes, it was the 18th of November. Fantastic. So there you go. Well, Pamela, we just want to thank you so much. Charissa, I don't know if there's anything that you you want to ask in closing, but I'm just very thankful that you have come to share uh, well, that yeah, you've been willing to share this afternoon, and Amen. you've and you've shared, you know, very from a very honest perspective, which is really important. Um, but I love I love how you and your husband um, have committed prayer, much time in prayer, uh, in in connection with this, and you're seeking to yeah train and equip and ultimately develop the character of your boys and you as a family. For eternity, and there's nothing mm-hmm. more important than that. So we praise the Lord, and we pray that you'll just continue on with, with, um, with God's leading and guidance. Amen. Amen. Thank you for having me. Thank you so uh, much for coming. Pamela. And we look forward to hearing from you next time. Sure. God bless. Amen. Well, that was a real treat, and uh, looking forward to hearing more from her in the future. I'm mm. sure our listeners have been inspired to explore the the homeschooling field. If you haven't already, I'm sure that's given you some real thoughts to uh, to check out and to follow. At this time, we want to let you know that there will be a free offer available. Um, I believe it's going to be on something to do with families. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep your phones handy. There's only three of mm. uh, this free offer today. So it'll be the first three people to 
text in today's code word. We'll release the code word a little bit later. Um, but Pastor Danny, I noticed uh, you were just shifting something here on the desk, and then I re- was reminded we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, not yet, no. So um, just on the weekend, on Saturday, you kicked off a brand new series at the Bullery Seventh-day Adventist Church entitled Signs of the Times. Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. And uh, how did that go? You, you preached on Jesus, Jerusalem, and the end, which sounds riveting. What was it? How did it go? Yeah, look, it went really, really well. And, uh, yeah, there was, um, there was a good number of folk that came from the community, some, some new faces that I hadn't bumped into. And so they really, really enjoyed it. So this first message, which is now on, on, on YouTube, so people can find it on, on our Bullaroo SDA Church YouTube um, site if if they'd like to connect there or I've uploaded it on my um, website mm-hmm. that I put various resources so my name Danny Malenkov um, just put that into YouTube and you should come up with um, yeah my YouTube page and I've uploaded it there as well just today so it was really good to be able to share with folk you know it, you know what the biggest challenge was Sharissa what what to leave out because there's so <laughs> much like going on that's like your eternal challenge <laughs> <laughs> it is because I mean there's only like four messages it's a it's an overall summary of what Jesus had to say about his coming in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, those Mm. sections dealing with the signs of the times. And so it was an overall, um, you know, an overall view of what Jesus had to say, a lot of the things that we cover on our radio program. Yeah. And, yeah, the people were really blessed uh, to hear it. And so, yeah, I want to encourage people, if if you'd like to come, they can actually tune in um, via via a live stream uh that might be a little bit challenging because we're kind of just getting that up and going but better off just even going to just the venue. going 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 to the venues the best because there we can feed you we can't actually feed you via okay. the live stream or via the youtube you everybody's can't everybody's coming now <laughs> so it was really good food and my wife yeah she was busy preparing all the all the food she did the catering for that and um, people really enjoyed that so this week uh saturday 11 a.m bullaroo seventh day adventist church there, what's the address? 54 Lakeview Street, Spears Point. And we're going to be looking at the subject. It's the second one, A World on the Brink, Seconds to Midnight. Mm. So we're going to be looking at that and we're going to be taking a look at where we are in the stream of time, how we can continue uh, to look to Jesus, how we can have hope, um, the good news of the gospel, the second coming, just everything in connection with that. So, yeah, Amen. I'm sure people will be blessed. So do come along. And you'll be blessed and, yeah, we will provide some delicious food for you as well as other resources that we have there. Excellent, excellent. Well, on that note, let's talk about what's been happening, shall we? Yes, uh, let's talk about it. And um, there's, there's obviously a lot taking place uh, every week. I guess we can probably start off by talking about what's been happening like in the last few moments. Yeah. Uh, those who were tuning in to the news would have heard about the Israeli and uh, Hamas agreement yeah. to release hostages. Breaking news. And uh, some other uh, other matters in connection with that. So, Yeah, well, maybe I can just read yeah, it and you can it. go from there. So yeah. uh, as Pastor Danny said, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a temporary ceasefire um, so they can free 50 hostages. <laughs> Mm. Now that's that's wonderful. Out of the almost 240 that's right. that have been taken captive just over six weeks ago, and those hostages will be released over a period of four days, um, during which the, there will be a lull in the fighting. 
I think we're all just happy to hear that there is a oh. lull in the fighting, and that there will be people that yeah. will be returning home. You, you can't imagine. You, you can't imagine what the families. We really can't. Um, and as it points out here, those uh, those fifty hostages um, will most likely, according to the statement that's come out, be women and children. Uh, that are being held in in Gaza right now. But I'm sure there's more women and children that are still being held. There could be. There could be. I don't know all the ins and outs. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. But you can just you can just imagine yeah. um, what's going on in the hearts and the minds of those potential uh, fathers um, mm. and family members and husbands mm. thinking, wow. My, my wife may be coming home, my child, my daughter may be coming home. You know, mm. it's, it's just incredible. And, you know, as, as I, was, I, I talked a little bit about this on Saturday, um, I, I shared that, that those three words um, that we are well familiar with now that you're seeing, you know, here, there and everywhere, especially there in Israel and many parts of the world, bring them home, bring yes. them home. And I think of the words of Jesus in John 14, you know, where he told his disciples, you know, let not your hearts be troubled. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know, yeah. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again mm. to receive you unto myself. That I you will may, bring you home. I will bring you home. And I can just <laughs> imagine, you know, uh, the Father, God Beautiful. the Father saying to his son, Jesus, it's time to bring my children home. They've been held hostage for long enough on this sin-sick planet and it's time to bring them home. And, you know, the joy, the happiness in all of heaven throughout the entire universe mm-hmm. where, you know, all those angels were, will accompany Jesus um, on the way to take back home, you know, back to, their, back to the new Jerusalem, you know, the, the true city of peace, all those that have put their faith and trust in God down through the ages for the last six millennia. Mm. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of that and, and what is taking place. So we praise the Lord for that. And, you know, we need to be praying for, for peace. We, we, don't know, we don't know what will happen next. In fact, it's hard to know whether, whether you can even trust that this will even go through because there's been a lot of deals negotiated in the past and they've, you know, fallen apart or there's been, they've stalled or whatever the case may be, a spanner's been thrown in the works. And so we really need to be really need to be praying. And um, mm, and for yeah. the other side, yeah, we understand that um, in a statement that Hamas released, 150 Palestinian prisoners held in Israeli jails would would be released as part of the deal. So it's you know a, a bit of a swap. Um, and I understand that it's mainly going to be women and children that are currently being held um, in various prisons. Uh, in, in Israel, that will be released, and potentially children. I don't know all the ins and outs. I guess we'll, we'll find that in in time. But yeah, it's just incredible what's going on over there. Yeah, and you were sharing something before uh, that we went live. You know that you feel like this this war has got some really yeah. significant implications. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, as far as end time events go, and the Bible is concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll look at that um, in, in a little bit. Um, but yeah. This sort of brings me back to where I was 2020. Mm. Um, before was, COVID. Before COVID. Uh, well, Which is coming back, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It kind of comes and goes, doesn't it? It kind of comes and goes. It always comes at Christmas. But I remember, <laughs> I remember when COVID hit. I remember when COVID hit and right there at the very beginning when I just saw that this was a, a worldwide event and this was going to have some pretty significant implications, I just sensed that there was going to be some pretty serious 
prophetic implications that would come out of COVID, and lo and behold, there was. You know, mm. there were many. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw conscience. Um, you know, people's conscience really challenged. We saw measures that we never thought would ever be put in place by governments, Western governments around the world take place. Um, we saw things that we never thought we would see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, given, given the right circumstances, and I've, I've been saying that for the last 20 years while I've been running programs and we're about to run out of time. So <laughs> I'll share with um, our listeners what I've been saying for the last 20 years. After, That's after something to hang around for, <laughs> folks. <laughs> if you want to hear what Pastor Danny's been saying, don't go anywhere because right now, Neville Peter, beautiful singer, beautiful voice, he's going to bring to us a song he wrote entitled, Look Up. Look up, look up When you've done all you can And all that's left to do is stand Look up, look up When it's time to face the unknown I am right by your side, you won't ever have to stand alone. Don't be dismayed, just look up, look up. When heaven seems so far away, the unrighteous for every day just look up look up this world isn't all that there is I'm preparing a place where all who love me
what a song. Wow, wow, wow. That was a beautiful song. You yeah. said it. And I love yeah, that song. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Beautiful voice. That man that's singing is blind. Wow. Yeah. Who are, we, who are we talking about? Neville Peter. Neville Peter. And it's like you see more sometimes when you haven't got wow. your sight. It's just beautiful. Just yeah, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Well, thank you, Peter, for, for selecting that song mm, for us. Great that song, was, Peter. That's a good choice. Pastor Danny, we should tell them about our giveaway? Yes, I think we should. All right. So as mentioned before, we only have three copies of this. It's a very special book. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that would be appropriate for our parents mm. to to take on to board. To share with their children. To share with their to children. To develop their characters. Yes. Because that's what we've been talking about with Pamela. Yes. And it's entitled Joseph Family Bible Story by Ruth Redding Brand. And uh, I'll just read to you a little bit of the blurb. I think I can. Yes, Joseph. Sometimes uh, a gift can become a curse, and Joseph learned the hard way. He was given a coat of many colors, but of course it made his brothers jealous. If you want to hear the rest of the story and how he learned to lean on God in trying times, this is a storybook for you. And of course mm. you read it in the Bible, but why not get this illustrated family Bible storybook? Oh, the pictures are um, just beautiful. Yeah, it's very, very quality uh, giveaway today. <laughs> very quality. So we've only got three. Only three, yeah. Only three. So first in, and again, this is probably best for parents uh, to be going for mm. if you have kids, this is when you want. So the number to text is 0488-817-624. And the code word to text is... LU23FAMILY. There you have it, folks. L for Larry, U for Umbrella, 23FAMILY. All one word, no, no other bits and pieces, just spell that out. Code word, that's our code word, and text it to the number. Yes, again, 0488-817-624-LU23 family. And you know what? Really, the story of Joseph is really an end-time story. Um, yeah, true. Because, you know, he went through trials and difficulties and challenges, uh, but he remained true and faithful to God. He never compromised his faith and his trust in God, and he went from the prison to the palace. Yeah. And we're basically, you know, by God's grace, going to go from the prison of this world to the palace above, the new Jerusalem where where God the Father is waiting uh, for his son to bring his children home. Bring them home. Wow, I think we have officially just given away them all. All of them just like (laughs) that. Just like that, I think, yep. So we've, yep. Well done, everyone. You were listening. That's actually nice to know. Wow, that was that was probably the We've quickest. We've got a lot of listeners today. <laughs> we have. We've okay. at least got three. We do at least have three. <laughs> no, it's great. It's, it's great. You know what? I, I grew up on those stories, um, those illustrated stories, and that was just such a blessing. And I remember when I could read and I'd be just reading them over and over again because we didn't have a television. Mm. I don't think you guys had a television either, did you, while you were young? We did. did. Okay. It was a big box. Okay, big box. Well, we didn't have one while I was young. Um, We got one later on towards the end of primary school, but those early years we certainly didn't have one. And, and yeah, it was just so wonderful to be able to read those Uncle Arthur, Mm. you know, 10-volume Bible stories and those other... And I can just picture them still still there. They're just so wonderful for building character. Absolutely. There's some really good stuff out there for Uh, kids. There absolutely is. There absolutely is. Better Books and Foods. uh, .com.au probably is the website. Excellent um, Or ABC, um, Adventist Book Centre. Yeah, Yeah. go online and you can... There's a whole bunch there. There's a whole bunch there. So click of a button. And what a time to get books for Christmas. 
You know, True. this is the perfect time this now. Is the time. Forget about buying your child something that, you know, that's not going to really help them in their eternal development. Buy them a book or two or more. Share it with cousins, rallies. That's what you want to give. That's Amen. a gift for eternity. Amen. Well, folks. Congratulations to our winners Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what else can we talk about? All right. About well, let's um of, uh, yeah, let's I, I just want significance. Yeah, I I'm, like we mentioned that before we went to that beautiful song. Um I've been thinking about this as I was in 2020 and I just sense that well, mm. sooner or later we know that God is going to begin letting those wins go. Mm-hmm. And there is so much already in place. You know, we've talked about a central bank digital currency. We're talking about a digital ID. That's um, you know being yeah. being looked into and even rolled out in in some parts of the world. We've talked about the polarization that we have in this world. We've talked about the whole climate change, and we're going to talk about that some more. We've talked about you know some of the some of the political um, things that are taking place, especially there in the U.S., which is going to be at the very center of end time prophecy. And so the, the this area has always interested me, Islam. And, and how is Islam, will Islam fit into end time Bible prophecy? Because it's certainly there in Revelation chapter 9. Um, you know, it's Revelation chapter 9, you discover, you know, how Islam was very much in the mix, even, even at one time, you know, being used by God to protect the Reformation um, and everything that was going on during that time. I don't have time to get into that right now. But I was wondering, is there anything in connection with the end of time um, and Islam and the West, you know, Christianity in particular? And I remember hearing a message from a Seventh-day Adventist minister by the name of Pastor Tim Rosenberg, and he shared something. This was back in 2011. So quite a few years ago, he wrote a book, um, on Islam and Christianity and what he believes to be the scenario that's described here in Daniel chapter 11, in particular that last section from verses 40 to 45. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that you know our listeners, we've got listeners from here, there and everywhere, some are well-versed with the book of Daniel and prophecies, some may not be, so I'll try and give... I'll try and just give a brief overview of what he was sharing back then and uh, and and what he's sharing today and some of the things that I've been pondering as I'm taking a look at what's going on in the world. All right. So let me let's let's first of all read a scripture and then I'll give some comments as we as we go through the scripture. How does that sound, Sharissa? All right, all right. So you're in Daniel chapter 11 there? I am. Well, like, before we read the scripture, Daniel chapter 11 is probably one of the most challenging. It is. It is the most challenging chapter in the book of Daniel. It is. And uh, there are different views and different interpretations of this chapter. Um, but there is one predominant view, um, and that is that this king of the north represents you know, papal-led Christianity, and the king of the south represents, you know, atheism mm-hmm. and secularism and so on and so forth, especially godless, yeah. especially since the French Revolution. So that's yeah. the big picture um, of Daniel chapter 11 at the end. It's, um, it goes through the history of, of, of the nations from the times of Medo-Persia into mm-hmm. Greece, into Rome, into papal Rome, and then right at the end of time. So there's a lot of details, but we won't take a look at all that. I just want to give the big picture and share with you what I've been pondering on as I shared in connection with what Pastor Tim Rosenberg was sharing and has been sharing of late as well. So let's go to Daniel chapter 11 
And read verse 40, and we'll start off with there. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall, okay. Yeah. Yep, we'll, we'll just pause there. Okay. okay. So this is at the time of the end. Yes. So we are living in the time of the end. Correct. Ever since, ever since uh, you know, the 1260-year period came to an end when, when the papacy received its deadly wound at the end of that period, which was 1798. So since 1798, according to Bible prophecy, we have been living in the time of the end. Correct. Okay. So this passage here says that the king of the south, okay. Now, you have, there, there have already been um, two, uh, two major um, Islamic periods in human history. We have during the Crusades, we have the, you know, the Islamic Empire expanding you know, throughout North Africa and, and Europe in particular during you know, what's known as the Crusades or the Crusade, Crusader period. You've got you know, when Muhammad comes onto the scene of history and so forth. And then you have the Ottomans. Okay, you've heard of the Ottoman Empire. And they then move through. Okay, so that's a second phase of Islam. But the Ottoman Empire came to an end. Okay, um, it came to an end around the World War One period, and we no longer have an Ottoman Empire. But according to according to Daniel eleven, it appears there will be a third war between the King of the North and the King of the South. Mm-hmm. And on each of those two previous occasions, you have papal led Christianity that put an end to Islam. Okay, and the march of Islam. So will this happen again a third time? That's the big question. And so it says here that the king of the south, okay, so this is, and when you take a look at the map, you take a look at where the predominantly Muslim nations are on the planet, and they are in the Middle East and North Africa. That's where they are, the predominantly Muslim nations. And so we know that geographically the south is, is where Islam resides. And so you have Jerusalem that's in the middle, Right, you've got Jerusalem in the middle. You've got papal-led Christianity and the West in the north, and you've got Jerusalem in the middle and Israel in the middle. Right, and at the bottom, at you know, south of that is obviously, um, according to what this individual was saying, Pastor Tim Rosenberg, you've got Islam. Okay, mm-hmm. and so, and you've also got atheism and so forth. So what he's saying, and this was really interesting, is that at the end of time, you're going to have a conflict between Islam and you know those that will be supporting Islam. And he, he says, and this is really interesting, he says that Daniel 11 and Revelation 11, which is you know the rise of atheism and secularism in Revelation 11, the French Revolution, he says they combine. Radical Islam, he says, combines with the radical left. Really? And what's fascinating is if you take a look at the protests that have been happening, mm-hmm. okay, the, the Palestinian protests, many of them are connected with the Black Lives Matters um, and, and some of these other left-leaning groups and so forth. So you've got, so it's interesting that they have taken that side, whereas you've got the pro-West, the pro-Israel side, the Christians, mm-hmm. okay, they're on board that, that wagon. And so you have these two groups. And so what he's suggesting as you go through and read that passage He's suggesting that in the end you have the West um, 
joining together with uh, Christianity, papal-led Christianity. That's the king of the north. And in the south, you have Islam, which will branch off into three different elements. And when you read the scriptures here, you discover that, and I won't take the time to read it because it, it, you'd need a bit more time to explain it, but you have, you have moderate Islam today, and they will join Many are, they will join with the, with the King of the North or papal-led Christianity. They will join. They will make alliances. You've got radical Islam that will be basically wiped out. And then you've got those in Islam that will join the true people of God, that will join the, the truth. Because we know that according to Revelation chapter 13, and we've talked about this at length, at Revelation chapter 13, we have, we have the beast power, or the Roman papacy that leads the whole world. Mm. Okay, so they lead the whole world. And so this could be setting us up for a final showdown where the whole world will rally, you know, because not, not all Muslims, not all Muslims are in favor of of some of the radical well, most Muslims are not in favor of the radical element. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you're going to have this 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 tension between the two, and eventually this final this final power that will lead the whole world. Oh wow, that was a whole lot of thoughts right there to so, wrap your head around. Um, but that's amazing. It is quite amazing. So yeah, I mean people people can check that out, and they can you know time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. That's what I always say. Time will tell. But we can clearly see some of these things taking place, and I do believe that um, this has some serious prophetic implications that will go beyond the, you know, beyond the short term. There's been a lot of wars and so forth and skirmishes. Yes. But I, I just have a sense that this could potentially go further if God allows it to. Amen. Well, don't go anywhere, folks. We, we have a, a listener question that we'll bring to you after this song. Gavin Chatelier is going to sing for us, Keep Looking Up. We know this one. Beautiful <laughs> this, song. It's a beautiful song. So enjoy. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start with a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea I know his love is there for me we make our plans Still it's God who directs our ways He knows each step I make He knows each breath I take It's in our darkest hour We find our greatest need He knows what's best for you and me Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, 
don't give up should the tears begin to start with a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea his love is always there for me Every trial we face precious lessons we can learn My faith grows stronger and He's planned for me more clear His hand cuts diamonds from all we see as simple stone I've learned to place my trust in Him. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. Gavin Chatelier, keep looking up, and you are listening to the Looking Up program. How how appropriate to have that song at Beautiful this point, song. and Beautiful a wonderful song. reminder in song to look to Jesus. Well, we time is flying today, and actually. Uh, Something we're going to do today that we don't usually do is I'm actually going to let you speak on your own for a little bit. So I will be listening in the car because I have to leave That's early today. Be scary. But uh, I'll be listening. But uh, yeah. we better um, wrap up what we were talking about before. Yeah, just briefly. So, um, so there's this real tension um, at the moment um, in the Islamic world right. between uh, those who are considered to be, you know, radical um, Islamists. Uh, those who are calling for jihad and potentially the destruction of Jerusalem and to wipe them off the face of the earth, and those that want to enter into negotiations for peace treaties with Israel, nations like Saudi Arabia um, and others that have, you know, that want to have 
positive relations with Israel. And you've got those who are, who are anti that, who want to wipe out Israel, so they don't want that to happen. So the Muslim world is very much divided. So we'll see what happens. But it's interesting what the Prime Minister of um, Israel, Netanyahu, had to say, and I was listening to an interview that he had on, on Fox News, and he said basically this war with Hamas is a war um, between civilization versus barbarianism. Hmm. Good versus evil. That were his words. And he says, if Israel wins, the world and the West wins. If Israel loses, the West and the whole world loses. So he's, he's saying that if we don't act now, this is going to impact the whole world and the West is going to be next. The mm-hmm. West is going to be next on the hit list because he's saying that these, that these um, individuals, these extreme um, Islamists, they want to take over the world. They want to have a world caliphate. And that's what wow. a caliphate is where you have the whole world that's who a is Muslim. New word. Yeah. Wow. And so there was one in um, Syria and Iraq. You remember that, that caliphate that went through there, ISIS? Mm-hmm. ISIS was a caliphate. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but that got wiped out pretty much. Um, it's here, there, and everywhere. But as far as a system, as far as you know, where it was geographically, it got pretty much wiped out. The Americans came through, and so this is this is very interesting. So we'll see what's going to happen because this wow. is dividing. This whole issue is dividing the Muslim world as well. It's uniting them in one sense, but it's also uh, potentially going to divide them because you've got moderate um, Islam, and then you've got you know uh, very conservative, like you've got you know Saudi Arabia, and you've got Iran, and you know, one Shia, one like if Sunni. If you don't look up, you'll oh, just faint. Absolutely. <laughs> faint from anxiety. So, so look up because uh, this is a very volatile world we live it in. It is. So we'll see how that all, all, all goes. But let, let, let's talk a little bit about um, and, some other things now. And one before hmm. you go, we had a question from Mark. Oh, yeah, Mark. question. Mm-hmm. It's good to have you listening, Mark. He says, can you please tell me where the manuscript of John's book of Revelation was found if he was alone on Patmos? Love your show. Okay, fantastic. Well, well, firstly, um, he was alone as far as he was placed there on his own. We're not aware of any other it wasn't his choice. believers. Yeah, it wasn't his choice. We're not aware of any other believers that were there placed with him. He just says, you know, I was on the island of Patmos. He doesn't actually say that I was alone mm-hmm. on the island of Patmos. He just says he was on the island of Patmos, exiled for the, for the sake of Jesus Christ and his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, he wrote the book of Revelation according to his words in, in the first chapter, to the seven churches there in Asia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Laodicea, Ephesus, uh, Smyrna, uh, Pergamum, and so forth. So he wrote them, um, the book of Revelation, God gave that to him, and he wrote it, you know, in, in a scroll, I mm-hmm. guess, and it was sent to the seven churches. Now, whether he wrote seven copies of it or whether it was one and it was to be shared right. um we you know we don't know but certainly it was sent um so god ensured that it was sent to the seven churches true good answer well where would you like to go in all right the time well, that remains <laughs> okay the 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 little time that remains and by the way um yeah when sharissa has to leave um at the end of this section and then after the news i'm going to be doing a segment taking a look at the origins of this Middle East conflict. Oh, so the origins good. of the Middle East conflict, so I'll, I'll take you through that. Now, we've got COP28 that is taking place, and it's interesting. Yes. It's interesting that uh, the COP28 presidency mm-hmm. uh, received uh, the Abu Dhabi Interfaith Statement for COP28 at the Global 
Faith Leaders Summit. So you remember we talked about this? Yeah. Uh, there was a two-day Global Faith Leaders Summit where they, where they put together a statement that they wanted to share at COP28, which will be in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and they've shared that with the president of the COP28 um, uh, gathering. And it's interesting... Uh, if I read some of if I read some of what was shared here, this is probably it's really interesting. It says um, it says COP28 President Dr. Sultan Al Jabbar addressed the Global Faith Leaders Summit in Abu Dhabi. Received the Abu Dhabi Interfaith Statement on Climate Change from faith leaders and promised to carry their message forward to the world at COP28. It goes on here. The Faith Leaders Summit was convened under the patronage of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahar. I should have got you to read all this. <laughs> President of the UAE and was attended by another Sheikh. I won't go ahead and read his name. You can Google all that. Um, minister of Tolerance and Coexistence. Imagine having mm. a Minister of Tolerance and Coexistence and, and, and some of these others. Um, it said... The Global Faith Leaders Summit brought together 28 faith leaders to sign the Confluence of Conscience, which was the name of this statement, uniting for planetary resurgence, known as the Abu Dhabi Interfaith Statement, COP28, committing to addressing climate change and raising climate ambitions ahead of COP28. And it goes on and talks about that. Now, it's interesting when you take a look at... Sorry, what did you want to say? And this is all taking place right now? No, it's, it's about to take weekend. place. Yeah, next weekend, I think it starts. Yeah. And so that is really, really fascinating. Um, and, and the individuals, those, those 28 faith leaders that were present there, they are like huge. I mean, you, you know, it, it talks about the statement who, who it was signed by. And when you go through, um, you, you've got all these major religious leaders on the planet of all the different big um, religious groups. Eighty-five percent of the world's religious. I'm telling you, it's huge. It's I, won't, I won't go through and read these. There's no need to do that. I won't be able to pronounce a lot of them. But you've got, you know, you've got you've got the patriarch yeah. Bartholomew. You know, um, you know, you've 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 got. Oh, it's it's just incredible how how much of this is taking place. And so so we can see things are really uh, moving on. And then so I went to um, I went to COP28 and I decided let me take a look at the scheduling. All right. Um, the yeah. the thematic days, okay, over this period starts November thirty, which is the opening day, and all the way to December eleven. Okay, so opening day, obviously, you know, they're welcoming all the all the delegates from around the world. Uh, December one, December two, they are the 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 two days that are entitled World Climate Action Summit, okay, those first two days um, where all the world leaders will be there and they'll be like thrashing out an agreement like that they want to put forward uh, on behalf of, you know, all the all the big world leaders, and then they take off. After that, you got health, relief, recovery on day three. You got finance, trade, gender equality, and accountability day four. Energy and industry, just transition, indigenous people day five. Day and the Pope's going too. Yeah, the Pope's supposed to be going for the first time. Day six, you've got you've got a whole bunch of stuff. Guess what? Day oh. seven, December seven is day of rest. Huh. You can't make this stuff now, up. Is that a Sunday? Uh, no, it's not. December 7, I don't think, is a Sunday. Um, you can check your calendar. Yeah. But it's interesting that the seventh day of the summit, 
<laughs> it has been set aside as a day of rest. How interesting is a that? A day of rest. So anyway, I thought that was really, really yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a Thursday. That's a Thursday. So yeah, so they're going to give people a rest on the seventh day. And actually, you could say it's the eighth day um, of, of, of the summit because the opening day you know, is, is very brief and I guess it's probably just going to be an evening thing. But, yeah, it's really, really interesting that they're talking about rest. Now, when, it talk, when we're talking about rest, I decided to do a little bit more looking into this um, Project 2025. You remember that? Yeah. Project 2025. Just to, just to fill everyone in as we sort of jump to that, Project 2025 is uh, the Republican. You've got a number of um, key Republican um, groups in the United States and if people go to Project 2025, they just Google that, they'll, they'll come to their main page. And uh, the headline is Building Now for a Conservative Victory Through Policy, Personnel and Training. And we've talked about this a few weeks ago where there are conservatives in the United States of America mm-hmm. who have prepared this 900-page document oh, Wow! <laughs> for whoever the Republican nominee happens to be that wins the election they're hoping will win the election in 12 months time next Mm -hmm. november in 2024 on the very first day of his presidency january 20 or something like that he will have his agenda set out for him so he's got his menu and he needs to fulfill that as part of that agenda which covers a whole bunch of things, like 900 pages. You can download it, and I zip through and just had a look at the titles. Didn't have time to read all 900 pages. But one of the pages, this is uh, on page 589 of the actual um, document, entails Sabbath rest. Okay. 589? 589, yes. You take a look at great controversy, and it's interesting. Read us. All right, okay, I've got to read to you. Sabbath rest, okay. This is... um, from the 2025 Presidential Transition Project, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabbath rest. God, and I'm reading now, God ordained the Sabbath as a day of rest and until, ev- sorry, and until very recently the Judeo-Christian tradition sought to honor that mandate by moral and legal regulation of work on that day. All right, we've heard about mandates, haven't we, in mm-hmm. the past? We're kind of familiar with mandates. <laughs> Moreover, a shared day off makes it possible for families and communities to enjoy time off together rather than as an atomized individuals and provides a healthier cadence of life for everyone. Unfortunately, that communal day of rest has eroded under the pressures of consumerism and secularism, especially for low-income workers. All right, it carries on. But, let, but the things we need to pull out of here, it says, you know, up until very recently, you know, this Judeo-Christian tradition sought to honour that mandate by moral and legal regulation of work on that day. What does that mean? Moral and legal. Who, 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 who creates a bit of an enforcement there? Who creates the legal framework? The churches do. Government does. Yeah. Government does. Yeah. Okay. Then it's got uh, a point here. <laughs> wow. Check this out. You, uh, this is straight out of the straight out of the document. Congress should encourage communal rest, and this is in bold. Congress should encourage communal rest. You should see uh, Sharissa's eyes light up when I mention Congress. <laughs> Let me start again. Congress should encourage communal rest by amending the Fair Labor Standards Act 
to require that workers be paid time and a half for hours worked on the Sabbath. Right. And we know what that day is going to be ultimately. Let's keep reading. It says, That day would default to Sunday, except for employers with a sincere religious <laughs> observance. It even says it. <laughs> it says it. Except for wow. employers with a sincere religious observance of a Sabbath at a different time. That's for amazing. example, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So they talk about you know those who keep the biblical Sabbath. So they're pushing for this to be they're pushing, enforced. Yeah, and we know that but it's public. This is against their constitution. It is. It is. The obligation, it goes on, the obligation would transfer to that period instead. Houses of worship, to the limited extent they may have FLSA-covered employees, that is, you know, those who are part of the Fair Labor Standards Act, and employers legally required to operate around the clock, such as hospitals and first responders, would be exempt. Okay, yeah. so you're not going to pay them time and a half, as would workers otherwise exempt from overtime. So this is huge. This is huge to be requiring a law. This is a federal law. This That's is not epic. This is epic. This is epic. Time and a half. Imagine the cost that that's going to put on businesses. Everyone will shut down on not, Sundays. You're gonna. You're not going to be able to operate. You know Kanye West. Yeah. He wrote a song called "Closed on Sundays." Is that right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and um, so alternate view. While some conservatives believe that the government should encourage certain religious observance by making it more expensive for employers and consumers <laughs> to not partake in those observances. Other conservatives believe that the government's role is to protect the free exercise of religion by eliminating barriers as opposed to eradicate, erecting them. So that's the alternate view. Um, and then he goes on and shares, and, uh, and I, won't, I won't go into the rest. But that was really fascinating that, that they're amazing. calling on Congress to make a law in connection with, oh, providing, wow. with providing Sunday time and a half. This is like straight out of Bible prophecy. It is. Straight out of Great Controversy, page 589, which we might read afterwards. We need to keep looking up. So let's listen to Chord of uh, Three Chords. Faith looks up right now. This is going to be a beautiful song. And God bless you all as you stay with Pastor Danny on the Looking Yay. Up Show. <laughs> More than the wrong direction, headed for deception, feeling the tug of the world at my heart. But I'll not be deceived, you see, by what the world has to offer.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You have questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the Afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 4 888 Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking up show, and we are in the final stages of this journey this afternoon. And you are here with Danny because my friend Sharissa has been raptured. She's no longer here anymore. She's on her way to a very important appointment and uh, praying that that will all go well. Before we went to that beautiful song and the news, we were just uh, talking about this interesting Project 2025, this presidential transition project. And this is a this is a pretty big deal for our Republican conservative friends there in the United States of America, and I'm just going to read to you before I before I take a look at a little of this Middle East conflict, some of its origins that you may find helpful as we close out for this afternoon. I want to read to you a little bit about this book and what this policy agenda, this uh, 2025 mandate for leadership the conservative promise is all about. This is just a very brief summary, and you can pick that up from the actual website if you go there, and you can pick up the whole 920-page book there as a PDF, and just take a look at some of the headlines. Just take a look at the chapter headlines, and that'll give you a very good indication of um, what some of the aims and objectives are. This book, and I'm reading now, is the product of more than 400 scholars and policy experts from across the conservative movement and around the country. Contributors include former elected officials, world-renowned economists, and veterans from four presidential administrations. This is an agenda prepared by and for conservatives who will be ready on day one of the next administration to save our country. I'm reading from the text. The Heritage Foundation is once again facilitating this work. And it's interesting, I just interrupt there, that the first time this was put forward was before the election of President Ronald Reagan. You'd remember President Ronald Reagan, Peter. That was many moons ago. That was back in the 80s. Um, and so that's when this uh, that's when this uh, agenda mandate for leadership, and uh, that's when the the Heritage Foundation first kicked this off. So let's keep reading. The Heritage Foundation is once again facilitating this work, but as our dozens of partners and hundreds of authors will attest, 
This book is the work of the entire conservative movement. Okay, so this is not just a flash in the pan. This is not just some um, small outfit. And when you take a look at um, the various groups that have had input into this mandate for leadership, the conservative promise 2025 agenda, you'll discover this is the who's who of the religious and the political conservative base there in the United States of America. It goes on. The next conservative president will enter office on January 20, 2025 with a simple choice, greatness or failure. It will be a daunting test, but no more so than every other generation of Americans has faced and passed. The conservative promise represents the best effort of the conservative movement in 2023 and the next conservative president's last opportunity to save our republic. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty serious language that is used there. So they're seeing that this is potentially um, the conservatives' last opportunity to save the republic by not only the election of a conservative president, a republican in their view, but also him fulfilling this mandate. So that's really fascinating and, um, you know, we'll watch this space as we draw closer and closer to um, the election next year, which will be in 12, month to- 12 months' time, and I believe it's going to be very hotly contested. There's a lot going on, depending on what happens um, in the Middle East. Over the next 12 months, we'll, we'll probably determine to a great degree um, how, how the election results uh, will go. President Biden will certainly not want to involve the United States in another conflict, in a major conflict, especially there in the Middle East where, you know, everything everything is up for grabs. There are no certainties. You've got no idea how anything's going to go, who's going to get involved. I mean, the US president would certainly not want this current conflict in the Middle East uh, to escalate, especially, um, you know, to involve the, the direct intervention of Iran uh, that is seen by the West uh, by many in the West as you know, leading the charge um, through their proxies that they referred to as you know, Hamas and Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad and the Houthis there in Yemen and so on and so forth. The whole thing is a powder keg. So President Biden will not want that to escalate. If that does escalate, only God knows, then that's going to have a huge impact on the, on the, political, on the political terrain there of the United States of America. And so I just want to read a little bit more from this because it's really fascinating. It says here on Project 2025, this is on their, on, their, on their homepage, it is not enough for conservatives to win elections. If we are going to rescue the country from the grip of the radical left, we need both a governing agenda and the right people in place ready to carry this agenda out on day one of the next conservative admin, administration. And uh, so it's it's fascinating. As I pointed out um, earlier, we you know we have this we have this coming together of uh, what uh, the the conservatives there in America referred to as the radical left. It's a, it's a it's a phrase or a term that Donald Trump certainly used heavily during his presidency. You know, referring to the radical left, and he shared a few other things that I won't share um, on air this afternoon in connection with the left. And so you've got the, the left that is uh, joining forces um, with, with, with the Palestinian cause 
um, in many ways. And it's interesting if I just point this out, there was, a, there was a survey that was done not so long ago in the United States just asking for those who support Israel in the war and those who support the Palestinians in the war. And those who are like between 20 and 30 years of age, the majority of them, so that would be the, you know, the Gen Ys or the Gen Zs, the majority of them in particular at universities are supporting um, the Palestinians in this current conflict and they are against uh, you know, the, Israeli, uh, the Israeli methods that are being used in this war. Whereas those who are older, the Gen Xs and um, you know, the, the baby boomers, the majority of them, the, the great majority of them, I think it was close, about 70 to 80% of them support Israel and what Israel is doing. And so it's interesting that we've got this uh, great divide and the left and the right are often divided, not just, not just by ideology, but also by age. And so we're going to see how all that play, plays out um, in the coming year. And whereas you have on the other side, on the conservative side, you have uh, the, the religious right, as it's called, uh, that are very much in favour and pro-Israel, and they see that from a prophetic point of view as well. And so they're, they're in the Republican camp, whereas uh, the more left-leaning uh, camp are part of the Democrats. And so it's going to be very fascinating to see how all this plays out um, in the coming days and in the coming months and especially next year. So anyway, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep abreast of that and we'll certainly be sharing with you on how that all goes. Well, let's take a look at the Middle East a little bit. And I did a little bit of research and I shared a little bit on, on this in the end.digital. So you can go to the end.digital and you can take a look at the, the, whole, the whole message that I shared on there regarding why is there so much conflict in the Middle East and where did it all come from? And, you know, you won't, you won't hear very often on the news, certainly on the mainline news, uh, the origins of this conflict. And they certainly predate um, May 14, 1948, when the modern state of Israel was formed. Uh, you know, they, they even predate the, the tensions that we had pre-1948. They predate, you know, the, the Ottoman Empire, which ruled Palestine for some 400 years, from about 1516 to 1917, even predates all of that. In fact, it all goes back to Genesis. It goes back to Abraham and God promised him a son that the Messiah would come through, a seed. And God told him in Genesis chapter 12, and I'm reading from Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, whose original home was there in Ur of the Chaldees near the ancient city of Babylon in modern day Iraq, God called him out of his home and he said, I'm going to take you to a land. Didn't know exactly where he was going, but eventually he landed there in what is known as the promised land, according to scripture, the land of Israel. But unfortunately, Abraham didn't have a son. You know, him and Sarah, he was 75 years old. Um, Sarah was 65 years old um, when, they, when they entered, you know, the land of Canaan. No son. And so 
Abraham decided to help God out by suggesting Eliezer, that was his um, servant, and he was from Damascus, that Abraham adopt him as his son, and that through Eliezer, Abraham and Sarah would fulfill the promise of God, that they would have the seed that would bless the world that Jesus Christ would ultimately come through and be the saviour of the world. But God said no. So then Sarah came up with an idea and she asked Abraham to take her handmaiden or to take her, her servant, you could say, Hagar. And he said, why don't you have a son through my servant, Hagar, and that can be the promised Messiah. And God once again said no. But it's interesting that Although Abraham did take Hagar to be his wife, as Sarah suggested, and he did have a son through Hagar, and his name was Ishmael, this was not God's promised plan. Ishmael is actually the the father of, of the Palestinians, you could say, the father of the Arab people, the father of the Muslim people. So you've got Isaac who comes along, um, has God promised some 25 years after Abraham was in the, the land of promise, uh, Isaac comes along and he is born to Sarah and he is the promised one. And so you've got Isaac and he is the father of Jacob. He is, he is the, the father of the Israelites. And so you've got the Jewish nation and Christianity that ultimately evolves out of evolves out of uh, the, the line of Isaac and Jacob and Israel. And so you have that on one side and then you have Ishmael. And God said he would bless Ishmael. He told Hagar. In fact, in fact, an angel appeared and that A angel is a capital A angel. So this is Jesus Christ. In fact, I want to just read to you briefly here as we're about to run out of time in Genesis 16, 9 to 12. This is what the Bible says. The angel, capital A, so this is Jesus Christ, of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. He's speaking in connection with Ishmael. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So there's a lot here. So we've got, we've got God saying that Ishmael will dwell with his brethren. He will dwell in the presence of his brethren. Who are his brethren? That's Isaac. And his descendants. So God says that the, the children of Israel are going to dwell side by side with uh, the, the children of Ishmael. So these two lines will be together and sadly there will be conflict all the way through. And we have that conflict to this very day. So they are the origins of this Middle East confl conflict. They go back some 4,000 years ago. And if only Abraham had listened to God, it wouldn't have been what it is today. Well, folk, that's just a brief history. If you want more, go to the N.Digital and you can hear the entire message that I shared. But now it's time for us to hear a beautiful song. And as we do, sit back and enjoy, and then we'll be with you at the end. Seek those things. 
was a beautiful song indeed that was from Braden and Elise where Christ is and what will you do with Christ that's the big question that is the big question and as we look to land this plane for another looking up show I want to encourage you indeed today wherever you are in your journey with Jesus I want to encourage you to just say yes Lord I want to be part of that community of faith I want to be part of your sons, your daughters that will be redeemed in the not-too-distant future. I want to be part of Abraham's descendants. because The Bible says, he who is in Christ, she who is in Christ, is part of Abraham's descendants, spiritual descendants. You don't need to be an Israelite, a literal, physical Israelite, to be part of the descendants of 
Abraham. All you need to do is to have the same faith that Abraham had. And that's what the Bible highlights, the faith of Abraham. And Abraham was a man of faith. He believed and trusted in the word of God. When God said, leave your country, leave your homeland, leave your city and go to a land that I will give to you, a promised land. He did. He went by faith. The Bible says he went by faith. And today we also accept the promises of God by faith. We believe by faith that we are heading to a better land, a better city. We're heading to the new Jerusalem. And that's what the Bible talks about. It talks about this new Jerusalem where everlasting righteousness will rule and reign forevermore. And so I want to encourage you, my dear friends, wherever you are at, Today is the day. There is no better day than today to give your life and your heart to the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus came. The angels sang that beautiful song in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, as we're heading to the Christmas season. God, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Prince of Peace came to provide peace. And one of these days soon, I believe, Sooner rather than later, by God's grace and because of the promises that Jesus made and all of Scripture made, we will be heading to the New Jerusalem. By the way, the New Jerusalem, the the word Jerusalem or Yerushalem in the Hebrew literally means city of peace. Shalom means peace. Yer is city, city of peace. Yerushalem, Jerusalem, to the city of of peace. And so that is the final destination of those that have put their faith and trust in God. And notice what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, where John describes what is in this city. He says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street and on the side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each fruit yielding in each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. Instead, they shall reign with God forevermore, because the Lord, the God, he will be the light of the city. And so that's what we have to look forward to, my dear friends. I want to encourage you to keep looking up as we prepare to, to enter our heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, which will be our permanent city home on this brand new earth that God will create. And let's pause and pray as we look to sign off. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for your blessings. We thank you and praise you for the word that you've given to us, the promises that you're coming back soon. And as we see this world falling apart rapidly all around us, we need to continue to keep looking up, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep encouraging others as well to look to him, for he is the Prince of Peace that will ultimately bring in peace. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stay tuned for the Drive Time Show from Adelaide. But in the meantime, folk, remember, until next week, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. Keep looking up, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer 
cares he will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me 